Mark, I don't know if you remember this, but a month or two ago, you asked a sort of throwaway question Hmm. as to whether or not there's some sort of brain disorder that would make a person fearless. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I do. I remember this well. Yes. Uh, As it turns out, yes, there is. Or yes, with caveats. Uh, In fact, there there are two disorders. Mm both related to a damaged amygdala that result in sufferers exhibiting some form of what we'd recognize as fearlessness. Mm. So the first of these is called Kluver-Busey syndrome, or, oh, go ahead. Before you talk about Kluver-Busey syndrome, let's first, I mean, let's first establish that fear is a healthy response, isn't it? Yes, very much so. Yes. Okay. It's a thing that we need. You need fear. Right? Yes. So on the surface, this may sound kind of like a superpower, this fearlessness. But mm. as we'll see, that's definitely not the case. Yeah. <laughs> fear is something that helps us get through life. And not having that uh, because of this damage uh, is not great for you nope. in general. Uh, and can cause to some be- can cause some behaviors and things like that that are detrimental to the people who suffer from this lack of fear. Mm-hmm. So, Kluver-Busey syndrome, or bilateral temporal lobe disorder, is a rare disorder in which a person suffers damage to both temporal lobes, which causes them to have abnormalities in memory, social and sexual sexual functioning, and to engage in idiosyncratic behaviors. Hmm. So. A person with Clover Busey will experience some of the sort of classic things that we associate with brain damage, yeah. like memory loss or difficulty processing visual information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like standard stuff. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. Your brain got knocked around or whatever. Sure. You have these kinds of issues. Uh, but they'll also do these idiosyncratic things, like just putting anything in their mouths. <laughs> they see it. They have, like, the urge to pop it in their mouth. And they do. (laughs) You don't know how well you foreshadowed a later topic, but I'll just pause that right there. Okay, great. Wonderful. (laughs) I look forward to how that comes back into play again. Um, This is partly because of what's called visual agnosia, Mm. which means that you can technically see something, Mm. but you don't recognize what it is. So that'll come back around again. Mm. Uh, people with Kluver Busey basically examine their surroundings with their mouths instead of their eyes. Oh, cool. Yeah, so when like they a, see like something... Like a snake, I guess. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They don't... <laughs> when they see something, they don't necessarily recognize or process it, and yeah. so the urge to put something in their mouth is their way of actually sort of examining things the way oh that we gosh. would look at or touch them. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so they also experience something called hypermetamorphosis which despite what it sounds like just means that they have a need to explore everything Mm. so they're just curious about everything they need to go touch it figure out what's going on Mm. with it stuff like that they also tend to engage in extreme sexual behaviors that others would likely recognize as either dangerous or inappropriate like you know just jerking off when there's other people around or um, trying to have sex with inanimate objects stuff like that so they lose the the normal fear and anger responses that the rest of us have, but not necessarily emotions as a whole. They still have emotions, just not those ones specifically. Uh, immediately, I'm thinking back to uh, our 
sexomnia of last week. Right. And the number yeah. of people who've got off with getting off inappropriately because exactly. of the sexomnia Based defense. On... I'm writing down mm-hmm. Kluver Busey, is that what it's called? Uh, it is called, yeah, Kluver Busey. Gary Busey syndrome. Uh, and I'm, I'm immediately <laughs> wondering if there's a legal precedent for people having quoted this. Well, it's unlikely because this is extremely rare, like Mm. much, much more rare than even your sexomnia and things like that. We're talking maybe hundreds of people have this. Uh, And are we saying caused by damage or are we saying viral damage? Are we saying knock to the head? Uh, Not usually trauma. It's generally a congenital disorder. So something that wears away over time Mm -hmm. at your brain. Um, So, yeah, you're not going to get hit in the head and develop this. This is something that is deeply internal uh, that's happening to you, which is also (laughs) the same with a thing called Urbach-Weitha disease, um, which, (laughs) again, only about 300 known cases total. So exceedingly rare, which makes it very difficult to study and fully understand because the sample size is obviously incredibly small. Yeah. But on the other hand, people suffering from this do help us to try to figure out parts of the brain, Mm. like the amygdala, and what exactly they do, because the lack of function in them Mm. uh, can kind of give us a sense of like, oh, so that's what that's what the amygdala is doing up there. You know, (laughs) I guess that's what controls this. So the most famous example of Orbach-Weitha is a woman known as SM in the medical literature. Mm. Uh, SM could remember experiencing fear as a kid. But by the age of 10, that response was just completely gone. Mm. So like I said, these are like degenerative congenital disorders that happen. Um, So it turns out that the disorder progressively destroys the amygdala, uh, which to very much oversimplify, seems to be the part of the brain most responsible for the basic fear response. Now, researchers will point out that very little in the brain is up to just one part and everything is interconnected. So it's not quite that simple. But in these disorders that cause so-called fearlessness, Mm. destruction of the amygdala is known to be like the main cause for it. So like sufferers of Kluver Busey, SM isn't emotionless, but people with the disease tend to have trouble reading emotions in other people's expressions. So they can express emotion fine, but they look at you and yep. they're not entirely sure what emotion you're expressing, which makes sense, right? With the like idea that you're visually seeing things, of but course. you're not processing them, yep. right? Um And in the face of things that would scare most people, she'd become quite excited or amused. She doesn't experience fear, but she experiences the interest, the excitement, all of that kind of stuff that that comes with it. So to figure this out, they tried to trigger a fear response in her, (laughs) right? So they were using things that would scare most people. They showed her horror movies like The Shining and The Blair Witch Project. And again, she was interested, but she was not scared by them. Uh, They took her to the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is known as one of the most haunted places in America, during their annual Halloween haunted house. So, you know, it's one of those things where you go and there's like actors and they jump out at you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I hate that shit because I'm so easily startled. Um, And so they took her to one of those and they brought her in with a regular crowd, right? They didn't just like send her in by herself Mm. or anything like that. They sent her in with a group of people who are the normal group of folks just attending this thing, ticket Mm -hmm. holders. 
And while the rest of them reacted as you'd expect in a place with a bunch of monsters jumping out of corners and screaming at you and everything, she thought it was funny. She was having a great time. She's laughing. She's like trying to pull everyone along, like, follow me, everybody, let's go. And she was so bold charging through the haunted house that reportedly she actually scared some of the actors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she reversed the haunted house. Um, they took her to an exotic pet store and she had actually expressed something akin to a fear like said verbally like i'm afraid of snakes or i hate snakes or something like that before going into it mm. but once she was inside she was like can i hold them can i touch them, can I like, taste she, them? yeah right yeah let me lick that snake real quick um, and so uh they actually noticed that her condition seemed to not only prevent her from feeling fear mm. but caused her to actually actively go towards danger so wow. the things that cause fear in the rest of us just intrigued her mm. instead. So like, what? What's we got a close look at this bear. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a great bear. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, one time she was even walking home from work and she lived in kind of like a seedy neighborhood, I guess. And she was mugged at knife point. And the mugger was so put off by her total lack of reaction to the knife at her throat. He just let her go. Incredible. And she continued walking. She didn't even run. She just calmly walked away. And she continued to use that same route home despite knowing wow. it was dangerous. It's a strategy uh, what... they won't teach you in self-defense. Yeah, <laughs> right? Just, like, be weirdly calm. Ooh, it's a good knife. Wow, <laughs> let me get a look at that. <laughs> Turns out mugging is a lot like quicksand. Just don't panic. Yep. Just... <laughs> and gonna, it's going to let you go. Um, but what most articles about her leave out is that researchers later were able to evoke something akin to fear in her. Abject panic. So she and two other sufferers of Urbach-Wytha uh, were given carbon dioxide, which, of course, normally is what we exhale. Yes. When you inhale carbon dioxide, it gives you what we call air hunger, which yes. is a feeling that you're being starved of oxygen and suffocating. So I'm sure, like, if you ever had the wind knocked out of you? 100%, yes, I know exactly yeah, what you mean. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And you know that, that feeling of just terror mm. when that happens, right? You're just convinced you're going to die mm. when you lose that ability to get air into your lungs. So you know that kind of panic that mm. comes from this. That's what we're talking about here, is this sense that I can't get any air uh, and, you know, how terrifying that is. And uh, for these fearless Orbach Wytha uh, sufferers, not only was it terrifying for them and causing them panic, um, they were more terrified than non-sufferers were. So, quote, the study found that all three of the patients experienced panic attacks when inhaling the gas, some feeling so anxious that they ripped the masks from their faces. In contrast, of 12 normal controls included in the study, only three panicked, suggesting that the Urbach-Wytha patients were more susceptible yeah. to this sort of fear. Uh, according to researchers, SM started to frantically wave her hand near the mask about eight seconds after inhalation and then screamed for help. It felt like my uh, throat was closing up, she told the researchers in an interview afterward. When asked how it made her feel, she replied, panic mostly because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Mm. She described the feeling as the worst one she'd ever had and expressed surprise at her reaction because she couldn't ever remember having reacted that way before. It's almost as though the, the syndrome cuts out the middle place, the middle part of healthy fear. So you've just got mm. amusement, interest, 
engagement, <laughs> nothing in the middle, and then abject fucking <laughs> screaming GBs on on the other end. That's that's your only spectrum. It cuts out the the middle bit well, of do you the have, spectrum. Do you have any sense of why this might have panicked her as opposed to the other things that they? <sighs> they tried gas masks is it the mask is it the mask covering the face is it some sort of not the mask no Hmm. go on thrill me okay yeah i will uh it occurred to the researchers that everything else that they'd tried to scare sm had involved external threats that had to be sensed by organs like the eyes and ears in order to be scary which as we know from before not good at processing Mm. Carbon dioxide, on the other hand, is detected as a sign of threat from within That's the lovely. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the panic response this causes might actually just bypass the amygdala and rely on other parts of the brain to generate it. So when the researchers administered the carbon dioxide to the test subjects a second time, yeah. after they'd experienced how terrifying it was, the control group exhibited signs of anxiety as they were being prepped. Yeah. So, like, if you already know... Oh, God, you're going to do that again? I'm going to feel like I'm going to suffocate. Yeah, yeah you're going to do this again. You're going to start stressing out, right? But the ones who had this disorder didn't display anxiety before it went on. Mm. They just panicked again once it was on their faces. Oh, uh, <laughs> right? So... Uh, they realized that this internal threat is definitely getting registered differently than these external threats to them. So the stud- in the study, the re- researchers wrote that these results are consistent with the notion that the amygdala detects potential danger in mm. the external environment and physiologically prepares the organism to confront the threat. That's what our normal brains are doing, that the amygdala is looking, we're looking at the information, it's coming in through the amygdala, and we are processing that there's a threat, mm. and physiologically it is helping us to react to that. It's making us square up, it's making us, you know, sweat, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So in other words, fearlessness comes from being totally unable to process potential threats around you, which is a terrible superpower. It is. It's it's the opposite of a superpower, you know? Yeah. This feels as though it flies in the face of the idea of neuroplasticity. Hmm, how so? Uh, which, as I understand it, is... is mm-hmm the ability of the brain to remap those functions so if you're sure. if, if your motor functions get fucked up if you're paralyzed or if you've got limited motor functions or mobility because of brain injury or trauma you know you can relearn right. stuff you can remap sure. those functions to different parts of the brain if the amygdala is all about your threat perception and all about your healthy fear response it, it, I mean, at least, you know, based on this 60-minute discussion, it doesn't feel as though it, the brain was rerouting that shit anywhere else. It was gone. Right, it just completely disappeared. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I assume there are some, some parts of the brain or some degrees of damage. Maybe there's just nowhere to reroute it. You know, that where would it go? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the issue, that this is such a specified function. Yeah. Um, that it doesn't go anywhere else. But I don't know. I mean, even the researchers are, they don't totally understand this either, right? They're not sure exactly what the amygdala is doing and then what those other parts of the brain are doing. So as I said, like, you know, neuroscientists will say one part of the brain is not responsible for an entire function. Which is why you can normally reroute that, Uh right? (laughs) That you can send something to some other part. So they found a way to sort of circumvent that and find a way that fear still exists, but this is sort of a 
perception issue. Mm, I mean, you may have noticed me smiling in a knowing fashion at the at the beginning of of this opening. Mm. A couple of bits about that really, really rang true, particularly the fucking hell, the instinct to try and use. I'm gonna. I'm right. Story time. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. Let's do this. Something. Great. Uh, going back maybe a year or two before Peter was born, so we would have been in the in the tens, right? Sure. Or the the late noughties. Uh, and again, in a thematic link to last week's discussion about sleep and sleep deprivation and when sleep goes bad, um, mm-hmm. for reasons I'll go into another time, I would often spend two or three days awake at a time, okay? Yeah. And one of the last such episodes of this, I... Man, it was fucking weird. I mean... Laura was increasingly worried about my uh, mental health and wanted me sectioned at one point because I would go for days at a time without sleeping, right? And during one of these episodes, I had... uh, The sun had come up, as it does inevitably every day. And I thought, right, okay, so I went to brush my teeth, okay? And we were on... uh, uh, This had been the second consecutive night and I had the toothbrush in one hand. I had the toothpaste in the other hand and... To this day, I've never experienced a sensation like it. I simply didn't know what these two items were and what I had mm, to do. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, yes. I was stood in front of the bathroom mirror looking at these two things, but for the fucking life of me, I had no clue how they interacted, what their purpose was, and what I was supposed yeah. to do with them. And it was terrifying. So yeah. in desperation... <laughs> oh, fucking, the image is horrible. I, I put the, <laughs> the tube of toothpaste into my mouth. <laughs> just oh, maybe this will work Arr, I, I put the tube to, obviously Laura picks that moment okay. to walk into the bathroom and to see me like wide eyed in terror gazing at a toothbrush <laughs> with a tube of toothpaste sticking out of my mouth oh no uh, <laughs> they, oh my god they were some fucking weird times yeah. Wow. But the instinct, the instinct yeah. was maybe if I straight in the mouth, straight in the mouth, I get it. Yeah. I get it. It almost, you know, I feel like that's a thing we do a lot with senses. Kind of like when you're driving and if you like can't find where you're going or something, mm. you'll turn down your music to oh, like fucking try yes. to make yourself yep. like looking for parking space, turn it down so that yeah. I may see better <laughs> to make yeah, you yeah. perceive yeah, yeah like yeah. through your eyes better. Mm. Like, it, there's something in us instinctually that says, ah, oh, this sense isn't working right. Let me separate uh, out maybe, the senses a little yeah. bit and make sense. Of right, and I can yeah, enhance yeah, yeah, yeah. it by doing something else. So, ah. like, I can... That totally makes sense. And this disorder is, like, absolutely an element of that failure. So, in a sense, this is it rerouting things elsewhere, right? Yeah, These people, yeah, yeah, yeah. their perception isn't working properly through their eyes and their ears. Uh-huh. And so... They use their mouths. Throw another sense at yeah. it, see if that works. Right? Yeah, maybe that might have something to do with the impulsive sexuality and things like that, too. You know? <laughs> like, you're just using a different part of your body <laughs> to sense Can I fuck everything. it? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Can I taste maybe it? Maybe I'll Can try I fuck fucking it? it. I don't know. That would have been the next step if <laughs> the putting the toothpaste sense. in my mouth didn't work. <laughs> maybe I'll just try and fuck it. Maybe that will. Ooh. <laughs> that would not have ended well. Could have been worse. <laughs> It would have been a much worse time for Laura to walk in. Oh, yeah. 
let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. Anyone has ever said mise en scène in such a horny way before? The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so... outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jack of All Graves. You have hit play today on a very peculiar episode, I think it's safe to say. Mm. Corrigan. I feel about that, yeah, definitely. Uh, for reasons, I don't know, for reasons unbeknownst really to me, uh, your hosts seem to be going off the fucking rails a little bit, losing yeah. necessary mental cohesion uh yes. struggling a little i think that's safe to say finding things a little bit difficult and a little bit wacky uh yeah. is that accurate corrigan that is very accurate yeah i feel like we're coming apart at the seams a little bit um i don't know why and so yeah we're working through that not like not interpersonally just like mm -hmm. you know not between us no but just individually our own yep. brains and bodies are breaking down yep. in in weird ways so yeah similar stories on different sides of the planet uh you are mm -hmm. suffering a in, in 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 what feels like a very jog way with sleep issues yeah extreme sleep issues and you know what i finally last night managed to fall asleep at midnight, mm. 12.01, according to my watch, which is normally I've been going to sleep at like four or five mm. lately, um, went to bed asleep. And then my fire alarm went off at 4 a.m. No reason. I Son went upstairs and there was nothing there. I, I'm i too short to reach it, even on a chair. Ah. So I had to wake up my husband to go. And, and as soon as he reached his hand for it, uh, it stopped. And I went and I looked at everything. And then, of course, I was super anxious about, like, is there some sort of mystery smoke somewhere that I can't see or smell? Mm. Um, and so I was awake for another several hours. Finally fell back to sleep. <clears throat> Fucker went off again at 7. And it's like, why? So it's a mix of, like, already my wiring is off and then that happened. What impact is it having on, on your day-to-day, -day, Corey? Oh, I am anxious mm. all the time yeah. just this constant s feeling of anxiety i've said before on here like i've had i get anxiety fingers where it's like the anxiety is so strong i, I don't think i'm speaking out of turn to suggest that you often get a, you you've generally got a kind of a background anxiety don't you you've always got a kind of a background radiation yeah. anxiety going on yeah i mean it comes and goes uh i think yeah i'm kind of prone towards it but there are certainly times that i don't like feel yeah. it at the forefront you know i think it can be triggered very easily but it's not always a thing that i'm like aware of yes um but yeah it's at this point it's just in this constant state of, of anxiety and and it's also making me sort of angry and miserable all yeah. the time yeah, so yeah. every time i like i'm just having trouble interacting with people or like i went to get breakfast yesterday after having to take my mom and sister on an errand and just everything about the restaurant made me angry <laughs> it was like i don't like the lighting i don't like the music i don't like this seat i'm mad about what the menu is yeah. like just stuff that normally like i'm the chillest person to go anywhere with yeah, and yeah, i'd yeah, be like yeah, yeah i'll find something good about this and i just was just mad yeah. you know so yeah it just feels i don't feel like myself 
Yeah, uh, which which you know it resonates. Partic- I mean, I'm struggling with anger so badly at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 not for any one particular. There's no one particular root cause of it, but right. just I'm so fucking tense all the time, and I'm mm. so wound up all the time, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Uh, what does that do for your? What's your everyday like trying to trying, engage with the world with that? Oh man, trying to work with underneath. it is impossible. Yeah. Just the slightest, the tiniest little ask at work has fucking seething. Fuck. Um, right. Yesterday, right, and I'm I'm so ashamed of this. I'm so ashamed of what I've done because it, it just feels like a pent up male fucking punch the drywall kind of thing <laughs> to have done, right? And that isn't me. Right. That isn't me. Yeah. Uh, but in this fucking state, like an idiot, I went back to the video game Returnal, right, which I'd put on ice because it was fucking difficult and winding me up. Yeah, as you've described it on this podcast, in Mom, it's a game that hates you. It hates you, and so, it doesn't want yeah. you to succeed. So I thought, hey, I'm a bit fucking wound <laughs> up and tense. Let's give that some of my time. Uh, and the the one of the what, it's such a great game, right? It's fucking brilliant. One, <laughs> it manipulates your emotions so brilliantly, and one of the things it does so well is that it dares you to hope that you're doing well. It dares you to believe that this go, this turn, this life is the one that's going to make it. Right. You can be going so, you can be doing brilliantly and play the game for an hour and progress, and you think, "Fuck, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's going to work." And then just bang in one moment, in one room, it can just end on you. It can right. fuck with you. And that happened, right? I was doing brilliantly and it felt so good. And then things started to kick off in the house around me. There started to be traffic around Mm -hmm. the house. People were asking for my attention. And I died, right? In the middle of a really, really great run. And I I can't describe the anger. I can't describe it. I was not in control for a moment, right? Right. it, It... it was like an implosion inside me. It was like an emotional mm. adrenaline implosion. And calmly, rationally, I stood up in a room full of people. <sighs> I stood up, walked outside into my garden with the controller still in my hand, got down on my knees and repeatedly smashed the controller into the stone slabs of the patio until it was just broken plastic in my hand. Just fucking fuck, fuck. Just smashed the fucking thing. Uh, did ev- did everyone see this happen or were they all just like... Through the window. They can see me through the window. Yeah. Go out into the garden and, and smash this <laughs> delicate, sensitive and expensive piece of entertainment technology and render it to smashed plastic in, my, in, in, in front of me. Uh, and it was as if then the... The clouds parted and I uh, got a grip and thought, what the fuck have you done, you dick? Yeah, what did I just do? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. this week, friends, I hope you're okay. Because <laughs> we ain't. Yeah. We're not okay, but we hope you are. And we're we're working on it. We're talking it out. Little, little Joe Egg therapy to just air it and say, it doesn't feel good. No. <laughs> it no. just doesn't feel good and it's hard to hard to engage with the world when things feel this way internally yeah, and tough. you know yeah it's that that feeling like you said just you know this is not me this is not a mm. thing that i do mm. not the punch the drywall guy or whatever the case may be yeah um 
it's always weird to feel like I just don't have any control over yeah. where these emotions are coming from. And that's, and that's what it from. was. I mean, I, I, you know, during the smashy, smashy moment, I, I, I knew, I knew, ex- I, I, I'd, within the space of about three seconds, I had made and executed a detailed plan to render this fucking controller to, 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 <laughs> to splinters. And I followed through and executed that plan. And it was a great success. Um, <laughs> so congratulations. Call that a win for much. the week. <laughs> you set out to accomplish something and you did it. God damn, did I do it. I saw the picture. Yeah. You oh, and then to follow up. Made short work of that. <laughs> I took the disc out of the fucking machine. <laughs> oh, no. And I had it in my hand and I was about to snap them. And the whoa, came back to <laughs> Well, good. Yeah. yeah. One bout of destruction is probably enough because, yeah, all that stuff's expensive. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. For, for, if, if for no other reason, I'm not going to keep <laughs> buying new shit. Turn up back to Argos. Yeah. Can I get another controller, please? Yep. Did it again. <laughs> keep them coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until we get this anger issue worked out, we're going to need to find you something. God you damn it. Break. I'll tell you when I've had too many. Give them, keep them fucking coming. <laughs> ah. Sir, you've had five uh, controllers tonight. Are you sure? Ah, I can get me another. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy. <sighs> so yeah, so that's where we're mm. at, folks. And you know, it does kind of feel good to just get it out. But yeah, it does. We're we're gonna we're just gonna talk about some dark things, light-hearted dark things this week. Not well, uh, super dark. Well, maybe not so light-hearted. I mean. Uh, I don't know if this has made it across mm. the pond, but there's been some fucking dreadful news in the UK uh, over the past 24 hours. Um, mm. Did the did the, the shooting make it your way? I mean, via the fact that, you know, I'm friends with your friends on Twitter, yeah. so I did see a little bit about that, that the first mass shooting in a decade or something like that, or deadliest mass shooting in a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the only one to my mind in a decade. Yeah. Uh, a uh, fucking incel scumbag uh, yep. slaughtered, I think it was five people, murdered five people in his town, some of his family, some of whom was a, a young child. Um, just appalling. And of course, the, because I'm editorializing here, of course, but sure. it feels like the, the first thing that the news says, the first thing that the papers say, the incident is not said to be terror related. It's not a terrorist yeah. incident. There's no terror links here. You've got a fucking, you've got a guy. A self-described incel. A self-described incel with a online history full of misogyny and full of abusive fucking speech. Radicalized misogyny. Exactly this. And if that isn't the very definition of a terror-inspired killing, I don't know what is. Right. Uh, It's absolutely just demonstrating, you know, the the standard Peter Griffin meme that goes around with what shade the person is and are they a terrorist, you know, and... This is, I know that in America, it was probably a decade ago or something like that, that it came out that there was a report that the FBI had done that was showing that, like, the most dangerous element for police officers Mm. uh, was to come upon um, someone who had extreme right-wing ideology. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they had released this guidance that said, like, you know, if you see a car that has, like, bumper stickers with, like, things that 
like, you know, your don't tread on me's and your your right wing sort of symbols like that. Those are the people you should approach with caution Mm. because they're more likely to like murder a cop when they come up to the car. Mm -hmm. You know, people with white supremacist ideas, people with extreme far right ideas. And conservatives were so angry that anyone would insinuate that white people might be the biggest terrorists yes. in this country yes. that the they had to like retract this study even though this was facts and would prevent mm. people from dying people were so angry mm. that you would say something like that and treat white people like brown people essentially that they had to full on be like we apologize this is we we do not we no longer issue this guidance yeah. and that's what i think of anytime something like this happens is just like they're making sure that they don't anger anyone yeah. who has beliefs similar to the person who did this yes. you know white people have the power uh men have the power and thus no a white man cannot possibly be a terrorist he's just autistic yeah sure right? sure, like, sure i've i've not that's the out i've not yet uh here that that the you know the the escape route of ah oh, mental health issues da 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 right I've I've not heard that one mentioned yet but every fucking news outlet has been falling over themselves to you know oh yeah it's not terrorist not terrorist oh come on right what the fuck else would you call it right if that person had been anyone else mm. what would you call it exactly I mean. Yeah, and we need to be able to call that what it is. But yeah, horrible, mm. horrible stuff. And to see, I mean, I felt when I read about that this morning, this sort of despair of watching, like, gun violence there, you know, it just feels like America exported. Yes. And for, you know, people in the UK to have to experience the heartache that we have, you know, three days a week here, mm. it was depressing to me. Yeah, so... Yeah, maybe not not so lighthearted topics. And then, of course, that's hot on the heels uh, of that amazingly positive and optimistic uh, climate change report. Fuck. Yeah, that's truly horrifying. Um, If you haven't seen this, basically, this report uh, has come out from like the UN climate watchdog. So it's what the IPCC, is that what they're called? Yes, it is. Something like that. Um, That... It basically says, like, we've kind of overshot and there's not much that can be done to prevent uh, really destructive climate change at this point. And any Um, any scintilla of doubt that denialists might be able to cling on to that it's, you know, caused by humanity is now completely... Uh, way in the rearview mirror. It's it's us and we're doing it and we're carrying on doing it. We absolutely did this to ourselves. Yes, and there's no way back. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing about this is that, you know, a lot of the stuff that has sort of come out talking about it also is framed in in that personal responsibility mm. language instead of really looking at what the report is saying and, you know, going, we can't fix anything. We can't even, like, mitigate what is inevitable mm. because, you know, corporations need to clean up their acts, you know. So. It's not... It's not us individually, so we're just screwed. Ah. During the hottest July in the history of Earth. Yeah. Just cool. It is right now like 98 degrees here with a feels-like index of 102. Greece is on fire. Greece is on fire. Um, A good chunk of places are on fire. There are like multiple devastating 
wildfires happening around the entire planet in places that don't normally have this. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it really feels like all of it came to a head. Like, this report came out as we're watching the, like, disaster movie unfold around us. And just thinking of this as the new normal is... That's awful. So perhaps we don't need to look too far and too hard for why you and I are out of sorts. Yeah, yeah now that I think about it, um, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's just life vaguely, in uh, hell. Uh, <laughs> Gestures broadly. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's terrible. Maybe that has impacts. You know, I think that is a thing often that we don't think about, like just the fact that, yeah, the world that we live in contributes mm. to just feeling this way because yeah. we're looking for something that in our own lives personally has made us this way instead of going i mean it's conditions everywhere and not being able to look at anything with hopefulness that does that <laughs> has that effect yep so i want all of you to go up to your window <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I keep coming back to network because it, it, that that speech feels more and more relevant to me. The air isn't fit to breathe, and the food isn't fit to eat. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I don't love it. I'm mad yeah. as hell, and I'm going to smash the shit out of this PlayStation fucking controller. Yeah, that's just that very much. You know, I've talked before about how I always want control of things, mm. and that feels very much like oh, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, response. Yeah, yeah. You don't of like the one thing that I have control of mm. is like physically breaking this controller maybe that's what it was so maybe that's what it was <laughs> like all i can do right now is yeah. just smash this yeah. and uh, i win i so win uh... yeah <laughs> take that oh <Aww. laughs> <laughs> wait wait <laughs> go back <laughs> reverse oh man have you gotten a new one no and you know what i don't deserve a new one i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just mm stroll on down the shop and buy myself a new one i don't deserve a new one i'm gonna fucking deal with it for a little bit i did this <laughs> that's fair yeah. it's very responsible and mature mark thank you not <laughs> not a compliment i often get so i'll take that thank you <laughs> i mean it's on the heels of doing something incredibly irresponsible and yes. immature but you know but yeah. giving yourself a consequence that feels that feels right um, also, of things that are very um, relevant to our world and whatnot, besides network, uh, this week I rewatched RoboCop oh, because it is the the movie for Dead and Lovely this past week. Yes, that's it. Immediately <laughs> given me some nice endorphins. Just yeah. the fucking yeah. mention of the word and the idea that I might get to chat shit about RoboCop for like forty seconds. <gasps> God <laughs> damn it! It looked like you were like about to set a timer. I get 40 seconds for RoboCop. <laughs> uh, no, RoboCop is amazing. I have always been obsessed with RoboCop ever since I was so a fine. little kid. So um, and which watching it, I'm always like, I can't believe I watched this as a kid. Um, mm. But I mean, yeah, that is a ever relevant film and critique of of. A society that we live in more now well, than even at that point. It's one of a ever-rotating, yet very, very select group of what I consider to be perfect. It's a perfect film. It is perfect. Mm -hmm. It's It really is. It's like four different films in one, right? And they're all fucking brilliant. <laughs> you can watch yeah. Robocop as a horror film, which it is, and it's a yep. fucking brilliant Absolutely. horror film. You can watch Robocop. So gory, <sighs> and the effects are 
amazing wild, wild. in that. I mean, jeez Louise. Just wild. It's it's Cronenberg in body horror. There's the fucking, there's invasive body horror in there. There's cyberpunk in there. There's, you know, there's horrible violence. There's gun violence. There's, you yeah. know. And if you listen to Dead and Lovely this week, um, there's some very interesting sort of stories from the set of yes. uh, the uh, Verhoeven and the oh. guy doing the effects uh, very much butting heads over the creation yeah. of these kinds of effects and everything and, and really interesting stuff, but you get an amazing uh, uh, film out of it. The the commentary, the director's commentary on the Robocop disc is phenomenal. I mean, Paul Verhoeven is, is every bit the fucking mad scientist you'd expect him to be on set. <laughs> uh, and it's wonderful. So yeah. yes, it's a horror film. It's an action film. It's a fucking brilliant action film. The, the, the you know, yes. the balletic gunplay in some of those scenes holds up beautifully today. Uh, it's a satire. You know what I mean? It, it has yes. more to say about the machinations of 80s corporate America than Wall Street or anything like that ever did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a straight-up comedy. It's funny as fuck in places, you know? and It really is, yeah. It's it's fantastic. Um, so, yes, Robocop, is it's, it's four separate films. Each one of them are brilliant. And whatever mood you're in, you can watch Robocop <laughs> in that mood and love. It's iconic, Here's... the fucking screenplay. It man. Is. You could just, it's endlessly quotable. It's punchy. There's no dead time in it. There's no bits you think, fuck me, am I bored on this bit of Robocop? Right. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. Uh, Two things. One, uh, at first, I, you know, I looked where you could watch it, and one of the options was YouTube. Uh, and I recommend just looking at the YouTube version because the comments are hilarious. People are like, you could show this at a preschool. <laughs> it's so edited that like there's like yeah. at one point, you know, someone is called a scumbag and they call him like a crumb head. Like Crum- what yeah. is what's wrong with scumbag? So like, go, that you go with back in head? the 80s, maybe early 90s, um, British TV was famous for showing uh, very edited and badly dubbed versions of action movies oh, I right i love that stuff. it became yeah. the term for it became funstered uh, a, a, a british comedian called harry enfield satirized this brilliantly in one of his sketch shows with a, a kind of a goodfellas uh pastiche where the, every single swear word was badly dubbed over with innocuous <laughs> kiss my knee muddy funster and so on and robocop was <laughs> it's one... like the go on oh go ahead Oh, I was going to say, the famous one is the uh, Lebowski one. This is what happens when you find <laughs> a stranger in the Alps. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Robocop was one of the most famously funsted movies of, of British TV. This is the, the piece where Robocop, the first time this Robocop... This must be what it is. Yeah, where Robocop goes out on patrol for the first time when he gets in the car and, and you see him taking out, you know, going out on various calls uh, and goes to the liquor store, yeah, and you've got the guy shooting up the liquor store. Uh, of course, in 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 the actual movie, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. Uh, the Funstead version, the British TV version of the early nineties, had the guy, why me, why me, why me. Uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. But just the greatest that. film. Yeah, maybe that's the one that was on YouTube. My other thing that I wanted to say is maybe this is in your commentary. When the one guy, you know, goes out the window. Is it ever mentioned why his arms are so long? Yep, Dick Jones's freakishly long, uh, you know, his yeah. his puppet arms at the end. No, never mentioned. Um, never I, I mentioned. Love it. I okay. Love it. Every single time, every single time, I will pause and go, ah, "Why is Dick Jones got fucking? Yeah, why are they so long?" Slender man arms. It's because I was watching it. I feel like 
I'm not sure when the last time I watched RoboCop was, but mm. it would be at least a decade, if not more, since the last time that I watched. Well, no, that's not true. I think I did watch it a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but I just, for some reason, I didn't remember that yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. And so when I was watching it the other day, I was like, why are his arms so long? It's one of those and things the you only notice face- when somebody points it out to you. And- but they didn't. I just looked oh, okay. and I was <laughs> like, I was just watching. And all of a sudden I was like, his arms are like wicked long. And then someone mentioned it in the Dead and Lovely group. And I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, they really like, are. They really are. <laughs> Why are his arms so long? Mm. So I was wondering if maybe there was any insight into that. Part but of no. the charm. Um, part of the charm. Part of the I'm charm. okay with it. Oh, completely. It makes you laugh completely. as this is happening. Ah! Which, yeah. Brilliant. Just matches the tone. Um, the the more I watch it, and I watch it often, I, I, I <laughs> develop more of an appreciation for just how perfectly designed it is. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy completely. You can buy the Ed Two Hundred Nine and Robocop are built using the tech of the time. You know, right? You yes. can imagine that there's a fucking Pentium chip and a fan whirring in his head, and he's running right. on DOS or something like that. You know, <laughs> he sits in the chair and they load up his OS. It's yeah, brilliantly realized. Uh, and as yes, my good friend Nathan in New Zealand beautifully put it, his uh, well as movements in the suit are just art. He's got that machine yeah. movement down. Interestingly, yes. Uh, Alan and I went uh, to a con a few years back, specifically because Peter Weller was a guest there. Right. Love that. Uh, I'm not speaking out of turn here when I say that. Peter Weller or Dr. Peter Weller as he insists yes. on introducing himself and being called and signing everything Dr. Good. Weller the guy is fucking mental the guy is absolutely <laughs> off his teeth man he's nuts I love that um, you know he would take questions from the crowd give a cursory answer like a sentence long answer and then just go fucking off po- po- you know pacing the stage left and right dressed like a vagrant um <laughs> Uh, Which is so wild. I mean, he was one of my very early crushes as a kid. Is that I right? loved Robocop and I loved Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. were like just rotate those. Oh, as Murphy, he's dashing as shit. Constantly. Yeah. And so it's funny to me. I saw, I went to the Star Trek uh, premiere mm-hmm. um, of the one that he was in, uh, Into Darkness, uh, whichever one he was in. I have no time um, for the Kelvin but... timeline. Fair enough. Uh, But so I had gone to the premiere of that and he was there. And that guy that you see now, I 100% believe is a total nut job. Completely fucking Um, bonkers. And I love that. I'm very for it. It's just funny to me thinking like, I can't imagine the young buckaroo bonsai being crazy. (laughs) Like, and he must have always been like this. Right. I, I rehearsed my question in my head, right? I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted some insight, some onset recollections, some memory of uh, Naked Lunch, right? Working with David Cronenberg. What was he like on set? How would you categorize your experience of working on that film? And I rehearsed it, played it, oh great. And I got the mic. Can you talk to us a little bit about working with David Cronenberg, one of the great kind of auto directors of our time? Uh, well, I kind of squint, goes, what do you say about Cronenberg? Nah. And then just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like. It's just not like your your um, Robert England one where it's like, oh, I thought oh, no. he was he wasn't on it, and he brought it back <laughs> around. Complete, like, oh no, he's just the complete opposite. He doesn't care what I just, just asked. He was like, he, he was he, yeah, he was Abe Simpson telling stories that don't go anywhere. <laughs> but you know, he's so gripping to watch, and, and yeah, yeah. But the guys, are I don't care crank. if you're mentally all there as long as you're interesting. <laughs> it was a great, great laugh. 
<laughs> that sounds wonderful. Yes. So yeah, that's uh, I didn't watch a lot this week. I watched that, and I have been watching a sci-fi channel show called Surreal Estate, which is like this title. is a comfort show to me, isn't it? It's about it's like they a came up with the title est- first and worked backwards. <laughs> Yeah, wait a minute. It's about a real estate agency that um, deals in like haunted places, paranormal activity, things like that. Mm. And it's very, if you ever saw Haven, that was on like a decade ago. Mm. um, It's got like that kind of vibe to it. It's a very sort of, it's got like a monster of the week Mm. thing. So like each week you get a different house story. I love a monster of the week. I always get like, yeah, sure. Whenever a show finally gets an arc, I'm always a little sad. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Supernatural, X Files, any of these things. As soon as you put the arc in, I'm like, no, give me well, my monsters. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I loved Fringe with such a passion because it balanced mm. monster of the week mm-hmm. uh, type fair with a beautifully crafted long game story underneath it right, all. Bring, yeah. ba- bring back, yeah, bring, back that, Fringe, bring back Fringe, bring back Fringe. I think that's about to happen, but um, yeah, it's a fun show, and it has uh, Tim Rozone, who I love from Instant Star, but also is from Schitt's Creek and from um, Winona Earp, mm-hmm. and it has um, uh, Levy, Sarah Levy, also from Schitt's Creek, um, and it's just it's just a really like easy to watch, fun little ghost story of the week show. Um, with quirky characters, like very Canadian, mm. um, just the perfect sort of sci-fi channel. If you liked things like Eureka and Warehouse 13 and, you know, uh, all those kinds of things, this show is for you. Mm, wonderful. I've not, yeah. I've not, I've, I've literally not watched a thing this week because, yeah. dear listener, uh, we're <laughs> recording this on Friday. Yes. So uh, yeah. normally Friday night, Saturday night is when I get my watching in and we've not had the chance to do that yet. Yes. So, mm. yeah, we're, it's a little a little wonky this week, too. Like, also, I was going to announce book club, but it's tomorrow. And uh, mm. so when this posts, it will have already happened. So, hey, thanks for coming yes. if you came to book club. <laughs> the book is great I'm enjoying and it. scary I'm enjoying it. and a wonderful commentary. Yeah, it's a really good book so yeah. um if you don't think you can finish it mark although you're about to have an invasion of women in your house and yes, you probably won't be able to watch like, tv cards so on the table, read your book. i'm probably not going to be at book club tomorrow yeah. because we're in wales all weekend so i doubt i'm going to be there true regardless yes um you know if you well i guess if you don't have to worry about making it in time mm. if you do want to attend book club you know you I'm can kind of skim and then make sure you read the last oh, i intend to i'm in I'm, I'm, I'm hooked i'm hooked what yeah, we can announce though is the august Jack of all graves watch along. Can we? Can we? <laughs> Feels like we can. Do we have an August one? Fucking yeah, we do. I don't think we do. Didn't we determine we're not home any oh, weekends shit. this month? Right. When I say August, obviously. <laughs> what the actual I mean announcement next, is. I mean the next Jack of all graves watch along, which, you know, maybe <laughs> early September. Um, yes. I'm, I'm really pleased finally to be able to explore. Uh, a genre that I've been just dying to 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 get into and to to watch with the the, the Jack of All Grays Watch Along crew. Um, for a long time now, I've harbored a love for, uh, and it's it's quite a broad genre. So I, I, I we, you know, I'll make some suggestions and we'll vote on what we're going to go with. But I've, I'm I'm, I'm really into uh, Nazi vampire movies that were made in 2020. Okay. <laughs> So what I'm going to do 
You see what I was doing? I you was see? getting I so know, worried. I know. Did you I see could... my face? It was like, Where's he going Mark. with this? This isn't what we planned. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 Mark. no. We have We're like blood vessels this time. Um... <laughs> But yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> listen, we're gonna watch Blood Vessel maybe in the first week of September. It's gonna be great. Yes, uh, because between the two of us, neither of us are home nope. any weekend this entire nope. month. It's the end of summer, you know. It it's is the end what of summer, um, and all of the uh, breaks and holidays that we've had cancelled for the last eighteen months <laughs> have all fucking concertinaed into the space of one month. So we have to go on a bunch of fucking holidays and take all my goddamn Did you just manually. say concertina? Yeah, I did. Squeezed into one space. Oh, okay. Got it. Now I'm following you. I was like, I am not familiar with that phrase. Yeah. See, yeah, what I'm doing good. is I'll, like I'll play dumb for a few months and then just fucking drop some vocab yes. on your ass. <laughs> I like it. Nah. Always play ah. with their minds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so early September... Sorry, no August watch along, but we will actually be doing Blood Vessel. And you get a book club, so, you know, And we get a book club. (laughs) Nobody's moaning. (laughs) I think Colin's probably just sadly weeping in a corner somewhere, but I don't think anyone's moaning about it. (laughs) He's got like a chart Uh, number of months without a Blood Vessel watch along, and he's drawing (laughs) another line on it. (laughs) Exactly. But no, I'm very excited about it. Very excited about book club. Can't wait to talk about it next week mm. and everything maybe we'll make the zoom available and recording it maybe people can watch it we'll see um, yes don't have a plan for that yet but yeah but um this week hey listen let uh, me segue here if i may right because you spoke of robocop oh, yeah. and we spoke of robocop with some passion what you've reminded me of there mm. and i th- i remember clearly thinking this at the time that this wasn't okay right okay there was a trend in the 90s, it was the 90s, of adult 18 rated or R rated, if you're of uh-huh. the American persuasion. Sure. For some, you know, obviously for capitalist money making brand synergy reasons, getting kids toy cartoons and toy lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. that? The fuck was that all about? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, I could give you a long lesson on that, but that's maybe another. That's another episode. But episode. I, I certainly remember yeah. Robocop and maybe like the Ultra Police. I think that's what the toy line was called, Robocop and the Ultra Police. And he was like this kid-friendly <laughs> Robocop with, yeah. with you know, leg-activated missile launching action. Um, <laughs> Aliens was another one. Aliens had a oh, massive yeah. toy line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, we definitely had some of those in our household, and they were quite good because I had one or two of them, and they were actually really good. Like big yeah. ass alien queens with like flappy, flappy wing bits and, and stabby tails. I mean, toys were such like big business at that point, mm. you know, collectibles of any kind were huge. Yeah. Uh, and that bubble has mostly busted, although there's certainly still, you know, a subculture. But toys had to be good yeah. at that point, you know, <laughs> they were really impressive. But they were, I guess. If misguided. If misguided. And there were a lot of toys that were misguided. Yes. Did you like my segue into the topic? Would have liked it more if you didn't (laughs) say it twice, but (laughs) it's it's fine. It's great. I do want to point out, too, that uh, because I was watching Surreal Estate on Sci-Fi Channel, Mm. um, I don't know if this is a thing Sci-Fi Channel made up or if it's real, but supposedly today, if today is Sunday when you're listening to this podcast... Um, it is National Doll Day. Oh shit! So this is in a where we're talking about toys and dolls and things like that mm. on National 
Doll Day. This may have been a thing they made up to show a Chucky marathon before the premiere of their Child's Play series. But I'm just going to pretend it's real and that we knew and this is very on purpose. With adult eyes. (laughs) A lot of the toys of our youth just seem fucked now. Yes. Just seem horrid. Absolutely. And I have to give a brief shout out to my very good friend, Angara Dalton, for bringing this idea to my attention. Right, This started, this idea started with a post that she put on Facebook of a, uh, a Fisher-Price jack-in-the-box, right? Oh, I see. I put jack-in-the-box on my list of things just as a basic, why the fuck do those exist? There's a, But there's a particular Fisher-Price jack-in-the-box, mm. right, that I think anyone of a certain age will remember from their youth, yeah, I think, right? I'm imagining, and I think I know exactly what you're talking uh, about. It would pop. I, I apologize in advance, but I'm going to do a noise that this Jack in the Box made, right? And I haven't checked YouTube to see if this noise is accurate, but this is the noise <laughs> in my head, right? Um, you hit the button, and the Jack in the Box comes out, and it makes this noise, me, <laughs> right? And to huh. to reset the Jack in the Box. You have to fucking push him down by his head back into his box. And that noise plays back way more violently as you're pushing this motherfucker with his flappy (laughs) ventriloquist dummy mouth. (laughs) As you're trying to get him back in his little cube, his little fucking Hellraiser cube box home. Uh, For the next time you unleash this little plastic homunculus Cenobite cunt. (laughs) That was horrible. (laughs) thing to say <laughs> i love when you surprise yourself that's my favorite that thing <laughs> mark never knows what the sentence is that's coming out of his mouth until it's finished True. and sometimes it's surprising to everyone uh and it's like just on a basic level a jack-in-the-box is a nightmare toy like yeah. the whole point is to startle you or maybe it's not because i mean technically you should know it's coming right it gives you the dun, 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 well yeah dun, dun. like you should know it's like elf isn't it it's the when it's gonna oh, come fuck, 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 fuck. yeah <laughs> it shouldn't be scary and yet it's the like every time well it's the hitchcockian anticipation mm-hmm. of the bang thing like you rev yourself up with fear as do, the music do, do, plays do, 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 do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> even creep me out watching you do that <laughs> evokes such a like visceral fear in me horrible, especially as someone horrible. who's easily startled but yeah the, that's a, on a base level i've but... also never been okay with um the the girl toy and I, I i hate to gender it i apologize but it's a girl toy the severed fucking girl head that you can brush their hair oh, and make them up. Yeah. It's a disembodied fucking severed head. Decapitate yeah. decapitate me Barbie or whatever it is. And you can fucking <laughs> make her look pretty. The dead head made of plastic. Don't like them. I, no, me neither. There's a... And I feel like that's one of those things that maybe to other people isn't like, maybe that's not necessarily scary, but it's the same kind of thing. It's like a mannequin or something like that. Something disembodied. It yep. doesn't have all his pieces. Yep, yep. And like <laughs> when I was, um, I don't know, probably like 25 or 26, my one of my best friends, Michelle, she uh, was looking for an apartment mm. and it is very difficult to find a reasonably priced apartment in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And so I was going with her to places that um, she had found on Craigslist. And we went to this guy's 
home in like Laguna Beach or maybe it was Laguna Niguel and this guy we walked into the house and his apartment was pretty empty but on a table he had like a model plane I think and that was like nothing scary about that right 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 so and then on his porch he had three bunnies small bunnies and I asked oh "Oh, what are their names and he said bubbles all of them (laughs) all of them and I was like Okay. Uh, uh, and so we're like, uh, and so this guy's like, he's like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I actually spend like half the year in Hawaii. Like, you know, we're like, okay, <laughs> sure. So we're walking around the house. We walk into the room that would be Michelle's. Mm. Um, and it's covered in plastic, like fucking Dexter. And so now we're like, okay, one of us always has to be facing the door so that this guy doesn't come in behind us and, like, murder us or whatever. And I open up (laughs) the closet, and there's just the torso of a mannequin (laughs) in it. Yes. (laughs) like, uh, Mm. and so we both, like, very politely, like, well, this is, you have such a nice apartment. Um, We'll let you know uh, a little later bit. And we just, like, bolted from there. Oh, Bubble says you can't possibly leave. (laughs) Yeah. Bubbles really liked you. <laughs> Ever. Uh, but all that to say, yeah, I associate anything like that. Like, like you, uh, something that doesn't have all its parts should signal to you danger. Yes. That's how I feel about Why it. Why so doesn't it have head, all its parts? What's happened to Barbie? Where are Why the rest you... of the parts? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's not cute and fun. In the real world, if, you're, if like, you're giving a yeah. haircut to a disembodied head, you're a fucking Ed Gein, aren't you? <laughs> exactly like just use a whole barbie and do it there. but if you're like an aesthetician i guess this doesn't bother you at all you're probably like yeah i had one of those it was the best a what aesthetician s aesthetician a-e-s-t-h i don't know what that is A-T-I- i have no idea what that is a makeup person fine thank you <laughs> guess the vocab only stretches so far i have no idea what that is but what does occur to me is recently um and I don't know if this is true or not, or if I've been suckered into some sort of internet fucking joke. But mm, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, like a, there's the opposite, you know, disembodied head Barbie is at one end, but there isn't, yeah. don't proctologists have like an ass, a rubber ass that they can practice rooting around in? I guess, I guess they must. I'm certain I've seen, I've never seen those, it. like a medical appliance that, that a proctologist would use in med school to practice, whoop, whoop, hey, locating the bits and. I guess yeah they don't they don't use like cadavers or that. Oh, can you imagine? Dead asses. Dead. I have no idea. Yeah, they probably do have something like that because if you go to like certain I've seen that. You know, yeah, if you go to a gynecologist or whatever, they'll have like plastic uteruses and yeah. whatnot. So, so why wouldn't they have a that toy ass? Headless fucking plastic head Bobby and plastic uterus are all part of the same carved up yeah what if it's like there's a body somewhere and they're just using the different parts for things oh that's disgusting my the things that i think of when i think of like really horrifying toys Mm. are like anything that speaks okay if something can speak yeah 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 yeah, yeah, you're already cruising so for example um, I'm sure that the Furby craze must have completely hit you guys, right? Beautifully yeah, guys... uh, satirized in Mitchell's versus the Apocalypse. Oh yeah, yep, I forgot about that. Yeah. 
uh, Mitchells versus the Machine. That's the one. Yes. Um, so Furbies, and if you're like too young to know what they are, or too old to know what they are, or whatever the case may be, these were like these little, they kind of look like um, mogwais mm. with big eyes and like they're just like kind of like a fur ball. If with a mogwai were to breed a with a rat. Yes, <laughs> something like that. And like something beaky. And its beak is like a squid beak. It's like yeah, a. It is, it is. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, and they, when you buy them, they start speaking furbish, yeah. which is like their nonsense language. But they have about 100 words pre programmed into them. And over time, they learn to use them mm. and seemingly use them in appropriate situations. Mm. Uh, and the thing about Furbies is that they seem like they're damn near impossible to make stop yeah, working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, people are just like, I don't know why they activate all of a sudden. They'll randomly come back to life after you've turned them off, put them away. Yeah. Um, so just a few Furby-related stories here. Okay. Uh, someone said, I bought one, and when someone bumped it off the table, after we sat set it up again it only spoke in the de demonic backwards english sounding devil voice amazing it also functioned without batteries in it during the middle of the night <laughs> so, someone else said mine did this too and in addition to demon tongues it made that awful screeching noise it wouldn't stop so we took the batteries out and put it in my in my closet later that night it started screeching again Oof. it was terrifying um Someone said, I had a Furby that I loved for a few months, then I turned her off and set her up in my closet. I didn't want her to want to give her away. She sat there in view with her eyes closed for probably four years. One day I opened my closet door, her eyes are open, she blinked at me, and then I got rid of her. And this is my favorite story right here. Uh, there's a lot of stories of people skinning Furbies. Yeah, like the yeah, most yeah. common thing that you see with Furbies is people Deconstructing uh, talking them. about them. Well, and also, like, the common, like, spooky thing about them is that they tend to yell that they're hungry at weird times. <laughs> so, like, they'll be, like, buried somewhere and people will hear them from their attic going, feed me, and stuff like that. But this one, uh, they said, we skinned one at a party at my house in 1999. It continued to talk and sing the whole time. Oh, wow. At the end, my roomie held it aloft to show everyone who hadn't been able to... <laughs> see it said hey party and then stopped moving and never moved again uh, i completely listen i i know exactly what you mean about talking uh toys if i were to use the phrase dream phone that sounds familiar that feels like a thing i really wanted when i was a kid yeah well there you go dream phone uh immediately puts me in mind of the scene from A Nightmare on Elm Street when Nancy picks the phone up and Freddie tries to French kiss her down the phone. I'm your fucking boyfriend yeah. now, Nancy. <laughs> it's like that. It's, again, sorry to gender it, but there are girls on the box. It's a fucking girl toy. Where yeah, it's like have... a game, right? Yeah, exactly. You and you pick the phone boys. up and your crush is on the phone. And mm -hmm. that's been updated. Dream phone is still around, you know. Dream phone still exists. Oh, wow. And it's now in... Yeah, Chris Evans was one of the models in the original one. Captain America. Captain America. No. Yeah. yeah, you could call Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'd be amazed if there hasn't been some sort of student horror film made where, where Dream Phone starts communicating, you know. Oh, yeah. Voices yeah. from the it's beyond. It's like such a weird concept. Like, you know, mm. let's just see see which one of these generic white men wants to go on a date <laughs> exactly, with you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> the things that they had to like train mm. us to be in for uh, this well, stuff. All... That's what it is. That's what it is. It's it's it is. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's training. conditioning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another speaking thing. Uh, did you have Teddy Ruxpin? Oh. <laughs> yes. I also. Oh Teddy my! Ruxpin. Right. Okay. There was a Teddy Ruxpin cartoon, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, there was a Teddy Ruxpin cartoon. Oh, I'm blowing the dust off an old memory here. Come dream with me tonight. That, that was how the kind of dream... And he would fuck off in a big hot air balloon. Teddy Ruxpin would come and visit. Yeah, and that I remember. I didn't remember come the tune, but I remember the hot air balloon. Come dream with me tonight. I'm sure that was the tune. There you go. <laughs> we'll have to look this up afterwards. Uh, and see how well you nailed the, the Teddy Ruxpin <laughs> theme. I'm curious now. Uh, and Teddy Ruxpin, again, if... You're unaware. Uh, Teddy Ruxpin, like me, mm. was released in 1985. <laughs> um, and it was this uh, teddy bear that had, like, a, a tape in its abdomen. Also like and... yourself. <laughs> Shh, people aren't supposed to know about that. <laughs> she can say 25 pre-recorded phrases. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say and whatnot so much on this show. Yeah. It's one of my pre-recorded phrases. Um, but... So it was a bear with a tape in its chest and it would, uh, you could play it and like tells you bedtime stories or whatever. And it's like supposed to like its mouth moves and its eyes move. Yep. Uh, and I wanted one so badly yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was a kid. That was but a they high were, end like, toy, man. That was a fucking. Yeah, it was like 70 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That was, it was just way out of the price range of uh, what my parents could afford. And by the time I actually saw one when I was in like middle school, my friend Chelsea <laughs> had one. I was like, Jesus Christ, Piece what is this shit. monstrosity? <laughs> like, oh God. It feels like with Teddy Ruxpin, you know, there it always is such that like every time I've ever seen one, it's had like one eye that kind of droops. <laughs> it's never it's never working perfectly. It's like yes. a nightmare Chuck E. Cheese situation where they haven't like updated the yep. the animatronics in twenty years and they're like, they're really trying. They're giving it their all. But it's like the mouth is not moving like with anything it's just kind of yeah. going up and down with like a and mechanical can... whirring noise <laughs> yeah i love you and then <laughs> and you can put any tape in it too <laughs> so like it does you could put whatever in that thing and it will play it for you and it is just it feel that felt like a lack of foresight yes. to me well hey let's talk about a lack of foresight because for all of the toys yes, that were please. inadvertently fucking awful there have been a few which, through poor design or through poor product testing or whatever, have actually been fucking lethal. I mean, uh, obviously, you're aware of the Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, you know all oh, yeah, about I the Cabbage Patch Kids. yeah, I had many Cabbage kids. Patch dolls. These weird fucking, you know, thyroid dysfunctional, bloated fucking hot air <laughs> balloon fetus dolls. Um, Gross. But in, in, in an attempt to keep the brand fresh and to keep the revenues coming in, um, there was a Cabbage Patch doll in the 90s called the Snack Time Kid Cabbage Patch doll, right? Does okay. that ring any bells? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> this was a Cabbage Patch doll that uh, had some mechanics inside, had some mechanisms inside, and would come. it came with like some items of plastic food, right? Okay, plastic. yeah. I remember like... That was a thing for a while. There you like, go. oh, you can actually feed your yeah, toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plastic chips, French fry, French fries, plastic <laughs> like fruit and whatever. Like yeah. the like a, to look at him like it's ever been near a fucking apple. Um, <laughs> but the 
the mechanism, right? You would touch the fake food to its mouth and the mechanism would kick in. And the mechanism was two wheels, right? That would uh-huh. immediately engage and would roll the food in and suck it inside the doll. Right? Huh, okay. Okay? Imagine... Yeah, this is... Cool. Yeah, okay. I'm like, because by the time I remember these kinds of things, like Baby Alive, the mechanism would be like in the spoon. It would just... Exactly. You know, <laughs> you pressed against it so it can go back into the spoon instead of like... So you're talking... This is an active throat mechanism. Yes, exactly this, dolls. exactly this. And the, as soon as it detects input into the mouth area, the wheels engage yeah. and they don't disengage until the item in the mouth is gone, right? Oh, no. I already, I can see how this is not going to... Be it a plastic well. banana, be it uh, some plastic chocolate or some hair. A finger. Or hair? A oh, finger. no. finger. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, 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 yeah. The doll's jaws, the mechanism didn't have an off switch. So when it started, it wouldn't stop, right? It would catch oh clothing. God. There were stories of girls getting their hair caught, girls having... <gasps> and, and it just pulling it Exactly, and it would just immediately go up the hair until it gets to the scalp. Girls with bald patches. Um, oh, my God. A, a famous case, uh, a, a lady by the name of Tammy Mees, a mother by the name of Tammy Mees, bought the doll... Uh, and tried to pull it off her toddler's hair when it didn't go as planned and just tore off oh, no. a huge chunk of the girl's oh. scalp, right? Oh, my God. Um, which led... And this, this doll was selling for 40 bucks, right? $40. Mattel recalled the fucking lot of them after they'd sold almost yeah. a million of these fuckers. And oh they pulled them all God. back off the shelf. Um, they go on eBay. What year days. was this? This was... Uh, it was 90s. <laughs> it, it was the 90s. Oh, wow. What is that? What are you singing? There's a guy on. There's a guy I'm following on, uh, on Instagram at the minute called Kevin James Thornton, who's very, very, very funny. Okay. I recommend you check him out. He's very funny. Okay. Um, Noted. Cabbage Patch Snack Time, motherfuckers, go on eBay for five hundred dollars a piece now. Mm, not so much it costs to take your life in your hands. Indeed. Oh. Indeed. Mm. Uh, no thanks. No, I'm good. We'll thank you. I mean, <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> If I were to say aqua beads or aqua dots, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Wonderful little toy, which still exists now in a different format. Uh, okay. These are little, like polka dot man, right? He's got these little tiny polka dots. And uh-huh. you can get them wet and put, you can make pixel art out of them, essentially. Okay. You can put them in gotcha. a grid and make designs. and they, Yeah, yeah. And okay, I know you what go. you're talking you get them about. Wet yeah. And they freeze in that mm-hmm. design. Um, sure. But the the 2007, 2007 version of Aquadots, right, had a uh-huh. coating, were coated in a substance to allow them to do what they do. Sure. When that substance is ingested, oh, oh no, fuck, it metabolizes into the date rape drug GHB. <gasps> Stop! I am no. fucking telling you. I am telling you. Uh. Oh my gosh! Yes, indeed. Uh, the the these ingested aquadots, and obviously kids are gonna fucking eat them. We yeah, know like, kids eat any. You should shit. always assume a child is going to eat it. Yep, uh, that's like yep. basic. The beads Come on. were coated with a compound that metabolized when ingested into GHB, uh, leading to kids going to the emergency room, kids uh, comatose, kids passing out, kids going into comas. Wow! Mad shit! Mad shit! Yeah. In 2007. 2007, mate. That's in, that's insanity. Mm. So when your toys, you know, weren't psychologically trying to harm you. Right. There are plenty of toys out there that 
were physically, physically harming kids. Yeah. And I mean, all right, look, there, there's the other one. This one is, is, isn't in the least bit funny. I mean, uh, mm. lots of kids have died through lawn darts. There have been lots of deaths through. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. They were banned. Yep. I mean, that was a massive camp. I don't think you campaign. Yeah, I don't think you can buy them. Uh, but again, um, in the 80s, there was apparently, because I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not American, but apparently there was a, 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 a fad for mini hammocks for children in okay. the 1980s. Just Does like, this ring a bell? Just a hammock, but small? Exactly. A hammock, but small, that you would tie sure. between yeah. two plinths and, you know, your kid can get in sleep. However, sure. um, what these hammocks didn't have which a good hammock needs is a, uh, a kind of a, 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 a spacing bar at each end to make uh-huh. sure that the fibers of the hammock remain a certain distance apart. And without okay. this, any kid jumping in that hammock who's a little too heavy for the hammock, it essentially becomes like a snare trap. Oh, oh my goodness. Like, uh, you, you know, literally a snare trap. Um, the kid would fall and get tangled yeah. in this and... My God, a, Ooh, that's a, a, nightmare. a report issued by the Consumer Product Safety Commission in the States in 1995 uh, attributed 17 children's deaths directly, directly to mini hammocks. Seven? 17 kids uh, directly died as a result of these. And this is a fucking, this is a novelty item that sold for three fucking 99, three bucks 99. Jeez. What was like... Were they suffocating? Like, what was happening in these? Being that... strangled oh, in the fibers. Oh, strangled yes. by it. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which is, like, absolutely my ultimate childhood nightmare. Yeah. Is being, like, strangled by something, trapped in something like that. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. I know. I know. <laughs> the cheapest possible death. Uh, right? Yes. Which is uh, a phrase that pisses me right off. And you hear it a right. lot, Right. Ah, it's just health and safety gone mad, isn't it? What do you mean we can't? Yeah. What do you mean we have to do that right. now? Ah, health. Well, there's a fucking handrail on the stairs. Uh, I, uh, it's health and safety gone mad. No, mate. Right. No. It's so that kids don't die from fucking badly yeah. designed, rushed out $4 fucking toys. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that was a hard fought for thing, too. You had all kinds of stuff that existed mm. in the past that could potentially harm children and did harm children you know kids swallowing things and you know all this stuff and there have been protections put in place deliberately to save the lives of children and yeah sure sometimes maybe it's unnecessary on something i mean that's you hear that with the lawn darts thing all the time like what people don't know that you shouldn't like throw these big heavy like swords (laughs) you know at at people or whatever but it but it really did maim people Mm. (laughs) like so you know yeah, sure. Maybe you could say, "Oh, Darwin Awards" or whatever stupid shit, survival of the fittest. But you're talking about people's lives here, so yes, you know, you gotta be yeah as careful as possible. So next time you're rooting around in the attic, and you find <laughs> your old aqua beads or your old fucking <laughs> cabbage patch kids snack time fun doll, uh, uh-huh. maybe just put them in the bin. You know, these are the kinds of things that made me glad we were too poor to afford anything. There you go. <laughs> may have been poor, but you were alive. Exactly. My fingers never were swallowed by a Cabbage Patch doll. Yeah. The worst I heard was... <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. So thanks for uh, joining us. And if you have 
toys that either were nightmarish or a story of something that went terribly awry with a toy, mm -hmm. please do let us know on the social media, on Facebook, in our group, Jack of All Graves, and Twitter, Jack of All Graves, on Instagram, Jack of All Graves Pod. Yeah. Pointed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, don't worry, I thought I thought you'd said Instagram Jack of All Graves and fucking that's still not what... <laughs> Haven't checked no, in on we haven't checked while, in actually. on our no. yeah on our good friend over at Jack of All Graves, but yeah, find us on all those, all those things. Tell us about it. Um, stay tuned for more information about Blood Vessel for whoa, next whoa, whoa, month. Whoa, whoa. I don't and, think I ever uh, said that we were going to watch Blood Vessel. Merely that we're going to explore that subgenre. You one hundred percent blood said Blood Vessel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you ruined your surprise there, but <laughs> were you going to put up a poll that was just all Blood Vessel? Yes. <laughs> I'm still going to fucking do it. Good, good. Because it's going to be I even funnier to me now. <laughs> that you fucked it up and said it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds great. So uh, make sure you vote in the poll to determine our September movie. And we'll have a grand old time. Uh, Mark, this was episode 50, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that's a, at that's this point, if you're holding out for something special on 52, it's, it's probably not, it's not happening. Gonna happen. no. We explained to you in depth in the beginning of this episode why we are in no shape <laughs> to yeah, really, really. go big for episode 52. <laughs> but we will maybe, you know, reminisce a little bit. Yes. Have a little fun yes. with 52 one way or another. Mm -hmm. uh, so, hey, thanks, everybody for joining us once again we love you dearly and we hope that you are well in this wild and crazy world keep it together folks yes and until next time stay spooky friends e come dream with me tonight let's go to far off places and search for treasures bright come dream with me tonight Let's build a giant airship and sail into the sky. Let's watch the ground so far below. Let's watch the birds as they fly by. Fly so high.